Hey there, Sinners Nation, and welcome to the Locked on Sinners podcast. Here we're going to recap the Oklahoma Sinners game against the Kansas Jayhawks. Talk about what went wrong and where the Sinners go from here. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to make Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast. And my goodness, what a travesty of a football game that was. The Oklahoma Sooners came out flat, left their soul on the bus, along with who knows what else, their hearts, uh, their will, their desire to play a football game and allowed the Kansas Jayhawks to go 14 plays, take nine minutes off the clock and score a touchdown on their opening possession in a game where it looked like Oklahoma forgot how to play defense, forgot how to time a snap count, forgot that, hey, they might use alternate snap counts. They might use a hard count. And Oklahoma jumped off sides three times on that opening drive, three times three times. And on the last one, Brian Osamua didn't even look like he tried to, to be aware that there was an actual snap count that uh, Jason Bean might use. The Oklahoma defense made Jason Bean look like he was a really good quarterback. I'm not going to say a Heisman contender because he only threw for like 240 yards or something like that. But his completion percentage went up from a season average of 55% to 74% against the Oklahoma Sooners on Saturday. And I know I get it. The Oklahoma Sooners have been missing people. But if you're the Sooners and you've got a five-star guy like Billy Bowman out there, you've got other four stars out there. You got veterans at the safety position, especially in Pat Fields. You know, Key Lawrence, he played himself a game for, you know, playing some strong safety. He was, he was solid, but man, they just did not look like they could cover anybody. They didn't like, they didn't really look like they were getting much uh, depth in their zone drops or that they were having much awareness in their zone drops the pass rush wasn't really getting anywhere. The defense forgot to, to, they forgot how to, how to uh, defend the read option. You know, Jason Bean, just every time that, you know, they overcommitted to the running back, he was just sneaking out the back door and picking up yards. Um, It was just a game where nothing went right for the Oklahoma Sooners in the first half of the football game. Defensively, they, they just didn't seem to have much answer for what Kansas was going to do. Uh, they went nine of 13 on third down. Now this team has had, has, has had problems stopping opponents on third down all year long on fourth down all year long. But you'd think that against a team like Kansas, that they'd be able to come out and make some stops, but they weren't able to do that. They weren't even able to stop Kansas in the first half. Kansas's drives went They only each team only had three drives. Now we're not going to count that final drive for Kansas at the end of the, at the end of the half, because they didn't really have much time left, but Kansas's three drives. They went, the 14 plays, you know, something like 80 yards, covered nine minutes, touchdown. Next drive was 12 plays, 60-something yards. They kicked a field goal. And then on their third drive, you know, they went they, – they had another 10-play drive, took a bunch of time off the clock, and they missed a field goal. So they put themselves in the scoring position 
every time they had the ball in the first half. That's embarrassing. That is absolutely embarrassing if you're Oklahoma's defense. We talked about it last week because we were getting ready to, to, to talk about the show. Against Iowa State, it took them to the third quarter until they could score. Against Texas Tech, they didn't score until the fourth. And they only scored seven points against Iowa State, only 14 against Tech. Now, Tech is the defense that TCU just went in and walloped a couple weeks ago. And they couldn't score. And Kansas couldn't score on Tech until the fourth quarter. And you're Oklahoma. And you're supposed to be one of the best teams in the country. And you let Kansas shut you out in the first half and score 10 points on your defense. Could have scored 13, but the kicker slipped. And it was a 57-yard field goal, no less. Just, just a tra- just embarrassing and just a travesty. And it's a, it's a game that Oklahoma should have ran away with from the get-go. I don't care who is on the other side of the field. I don't care what the jersey says. I don't care how good or how bad Kansas has been. I mean, Kansas has been getting better, but there's still not a team that's ready to compete with a team like Oklahoma. If you're a national title contender, this would be like Alabama getting shut out by Vanderbilt. Alabama's not getting shut out by Vanderbilt. And it's absolutely ridiculous that the coaches and the players have to go on and and talk about how we played down to our opponent. We've seen you play down to your opponent in the past. This was not that. This was not even showing up for the first half. And we can talk about the offense too, because the offense had three drives in the first half. First one, punt. Five plays, punt. The next one, two plays, interception. Something like that. Three plays interception. Second and 10, Caleb Williams drop back, drops back to pass. Has plenty of time. Not really in, in, in any real danger. Has some room to run out in front of him. But chooses to launch a 50-50 ball, which have, has worked out well for him so far this season. And underthrows his receiver. Gets picked off. And here we are. Um Oklahoma can't, can't muster any amount of offense against Kansas. This isn't Oklahoma State's defense. This is Kansas's defense. One of the worst defenses in college football. And you can't get anything going offensively. And then on their third drive, they're down, you know, I think about the 30-yard line or so. It's fourth and five. Caleb Williams, again, drop, drops back to pass. Kansas's zone coverage completely befuddles him and just launches kind of a uh, throw with a prayer, a little Hail, Hail Mary, just hoping it's going to get complete uh, to Eric Gray. And Eric Gray almost comes up with a great catch. But again, but it's one of those situations where like you shouldn't even be in that situation. You shouldn't even be in that position where you're having to just throw one up and hope that you're running back who's running a wheel, you know, running a, a go route because you're down a couple wide receivers comes up with a play. Like you shouldn't be throwing 50 50 balls to a tailback on fourth and five. That's just how bad the offense was in the first half also. And I know, and Kansas did a great job. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Kansas did a great job. They had a great game plan for this, for this first half of the football game. And they took, they took everything away that Oklahoma wanted to do. They took away the deep passing game. I, I'd have to go back and look, but they must have been spying Caleb Williams because he was so reluctant to run, to scramble, when there were yards available to him for him to get that – just everything that they wanted to try and do. They couldn't run the ball. It it was just bad. It was just a bad, bad first half. And hopefully this is a wake-up call. Hopefully that was the wake-up call that this team finally needed. We've been asking for this 
for weeks, whether it was the West Virginia game or getting down 21 against Texas or having TCU play you to 14-13 at one point in time in that game, 17-13 at one point in time in that game, for you to finally wake up and be the team that you think that you're capable of being. It doesn't matter that you're younger or that you're injured. If you're Oklahoma, you got to be able to overcome some of those things. And you got to be able to show up to Kansas ready to play a football game. And that's as much on the coaching staff as it is on the players, that they weren't ready to go when that, that first kickoff happened. And we'll keep talking about more of this because, hey, it, it turned around. Obviously, they won the game. It was the 35-23 win. Something had to get better. But the fact that they had to go into halftime and come out guns blazing in the second half and still needed to make some plays late in the fourth quarter to seal the game, to win the game, to get a lead in the game and then seal the game is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. So we'll talk about more of that coming up after I talk to you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. I know you will too. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the power five, as well as the mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. They can offer any prop that you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. If you go there to prizepicks.com, use our promo code locked on, you can get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code locked on. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. PrizePix allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron James points combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes passing yards in the same entry, and you can win. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and the Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And again, thanks so much for taking the time to make Lockdown Sooners your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Much appreciate you guys. It's been a blast talking college football with you this fall. Even this game, it's, it's a, it was a frustrating watch. My wife and I were sitting there on the couch with our daughter, who's five, and, and she's like, what's going on? How come the blue team's got 10 points and Oklahoma's got no points? And we're like, well, it's just not playing. It's just not going well. They're just not playing good football right now. And that's the way it was. It just, they were not playing good in any aspect. Uh, you know, I think towards the end of the first half, the defense started to turn things around a little bit. In the second half, they played a little bit better, but the defense still allowed 13 points in the second half. So it wasn't still, it still wasn't great, but thankfully the Oklahoma offense finally came to life and, and they had, they, they outscored Kansas 35 to 13 in the second half. Caleb Williams was much better. He was nine of 11 passing. You know, the running game was getting going a little bit better, but still it wasn't great. But really what just, what it came down to was just Oklahoma was better football team. And they finally awakened from the slumber that led them through the first half. I don't know if it was a motivational speech by one of the coaches or captains, or if it was just finally the malaise of a cold and dreary uh, October day had had kind of finally worn off. But this was just one of those games where all of a sudden Oklahoma, you know, they, they start playing. They start playing the football that we know that they're capable of. And, you know, you, you want to think that this is a team that can come out and play the, like this every single week. 
but they just haven't shown it, right? They, they, they're a team that wants to make things interesting every time. But I got to give them credit. You know, they, they rallied and they battled in this game. You know, it, it took a total team effort to finally come back and win it. Uh, you know, on their first drive of the second half, they take seven minutes off the, off the clock. They go 14 plays, 75 yards. It ends with a Jaden Hazelwood touchdown. And that's the drive where you're like, all right, this is the Oklahoma Sooners team that we are expecting to see. But even then, it, it still was a bit of a it was a bit of a tussle. You know, they faced if they faced four third downs on that drive, uh, had to overcome a third and seven. Um, you know, several penalties still. Uh, you know, the the penalty issue was such a, a problem in the first half in, in particular. Um, but you know this Oklahoma team, they they did what they were supposed to do on that opening drive, and they were methodical. Uh, but then, you know, not not on the ensuing kick on the ensuing kickoff for Kansas, Kansas immediately takes it, and they go ten plays, seventy five yards for a touchdown, um, just like that, like any good team would do. They they responded with a touchdown of their own um, to make it seventeen seven. So again, Oklahoma's down ten; they're going to have to score again. Oklahoma takes the ball, and they go three plays, seventy five yards for a touchdown. On this one, Trayvon West with the big play. And big shout-out to Trayvon West, man. He was a guy that was in the transfer portal last winter, uh, made the decision to come back during the summer. Um, and I think it was during the summer. And he's made some plays for Oklahoma. Last week, he had a 35-yard catch and run against TCU. This week, he has a 66-yard run uh, that takes the ball down to the Kansas nine-yard line for I mean, it, it was the play that they needed to give them life. They really didn't have a big play until this, until this part of the game. And, and so big shout out to Trayvon West for, for coming back to Oklahoma, first of all, um, but then just being ready and being available. Whenever the, the play is there to be made, you make the play. So shout out to him. I think a lot of times it's the secondary players that are the most important to the Oklahoma Sooners because you know, we, we expect the big, time, the big players to make a big time play. But more often than not, it's a Jeremiah Hall or it's a Drake Stoops or a Trayvon West that's making the big plays for an Oklahoma Sooners team. Uh, two plays later after that, Caleb Williams, it's Jeremiah Hall, aforementioned Jeremiah Hall. All he does is catch touchdowns uh, for the TD, and Oklahoma is now back in within three to 17-14. And this is the point in the game, you know, a minute left on the or in the third quarter, and you're like, or less than a minute left, sorry, 14 seconds left in the third quarter, and you're like, at some point, Oklahoma's got to make a stop. They just have to. If they're not going to, if the defense doesn't make a stop, it's not going to matter how many times Oklahoma scores. But Oklahoma forces the three and out on the next drive. And then the offense takes control again. It's Oklahoma going four plays for 48 yards and a touchdown. The big play on this one, Kennedy Brooks caught a 24-yard pass from Caleb Williams, and Eric Gray caught a 23-yard pass. Um you got to get big plays sometimes. You know, those 14 play drives are, are awesome, but you can't expect an offense to go 14 plays every single time they've got the ball and score. It's just not reasonable because there's too many things that can go wrong. We saw it in, in the first half with false starts, with uh, unsportsmanlike conducts, with, you know, illegal blocks and uh, blindside blocks that will diffuse a drive quicker than anything that that's why you need to get those big plays. And they were getting them in the second half. And, and that's what helped turn the tide in this game. 
Uh, and then and speaking of another big play, you know, Kansas gets the ball back. They're down 21, 17 at this point, but they're driving. They get the ball to Oklahoma 48. looks like there's going to be another pass completed from Jason Bean this time to Stephen McBride. Who's who's fighting for yards and key Lawrence comes up with the big strip. You know, he, he knocks him back as soon as he gets to him. Uh, but he keeps, he didn't wrap him up and tackle him. And sometimes I get a little bit frustrated because this team often doesn't want to wrap up and tackle. They want to, they want to try and strip the ball away while the guy's going 10, 15 yards down the field, but key Lawrence stays in the, in it, you know, and then he, he punt, you know, strips the ball out and Justin Broyles recovers it. And again, a huge play for the Oklahoma Sooners who then on the next drive they they struggle a bit to get going. Kennedy Brooks has an eight yard run right off of the fumble. You're like, all right, cool. We're going to start getting the running game going. We're start going to start bullying these guys around. Uh, but no, Kennedy Brooks then loses a yard on second down. On third and three, Caleb Williams incomplete pass. And then on fourth down, another fourth down. This is the third one, or sorry, the second one of the game. And Caleb Williams bounces off tacklers and goes 40 yards for the touchdown. And it just seems like every single game, Caleb Williams is able to make a big run for a touchdown. We saw it several weeks ago, uh, just when he was just inserted in as a runner, he had a big touchdown run. And then against Texas had the big 66 yard touchdown run, had another one against TCU. Uh, He's just, he's a great runner and I wish he would do it more. And the other thing on this is I don't understand, and, and maybe we'll talk more about the coaching in the next segment, but I don't understand why it took so long for them to run some of the, the quarterback runs, the quarterback power, the quarterback counter. He's such a good runner. Run him. Run him. Yes, he's a great passer. But one of the things that makes him such a great passer is because teams have to respect his ability to run. They didn't call a designed quarterback run at all in the first half. And I don't think it took, I think it took them until the fourth quarter before they actually started calling one. Um, But then stinking Kansas, they come back and they score another touchdown to make it 28, 23. And you're like, this team is not going to go away. And the defense is not going to make this easy at all for the Oklahoma offense. Uh, And and at some point you're just like, what, what else does Kansas is not going to go away in this game. They're not going to make the mistake that you think they're going to make and let you run away with it. And it took a big boy drive by the Oklahoma Sooners. You know, and when I say big boy drive, this is like the drive of the game. When you're up a score, you get the ball back after the other team just scored and your defense hasn't been able to make a stop all day. You have to come up with the drive that seals this game. And that's what the Oklahoma Sooners did. They came up with a drive that sealed the game. They went 12 plays, 75 yards. It ended in Kennedy Brooks' touchdown run, uh, second of the game. And, but the most important play on this drive was the, the fourth and one Kennedy Brooks takes the handoff. Looks like he's going to get stopped for a run. And then Caleb Williams with the heads up play to take the ball and kind of spin around for the first down. You're like, no, I, I think everybody was amazed by what had just happened. And even the booth officials were so amazed by what had just happened that they had to, they had to go to review on it because Obviously, that there is, that's not something that should be legal, right? They shouldn't be able to, he shouldn't be able to just take the ball from them. But it is like we see forward handoffs all the time, whether it's the quarterback handing it to a wide receiver out of shotgun on that jet sweep, or, you know, it's the reverse or something like that. We see forward handoffs a lot. And this was just one of those situations. But man, what a heads up play by Caleb Williams to see his guy is stopped. Like Kennedy Brooks is dead, stopped in his tracks. 
shout out to Kansas for being so tough in the run game. Who knew all of a sudden that they're a good run defense, or maybe it's just against Oklahoma. But then Caleb Williams, man, he, he comes up with the play of the game to seal the game, really. I mean, they, they had to continue to run the ball because there's, you know, three minutes left in the game at that point. But that was the one that, like, all right, this is the time. This is where we, we were able to kind of take over. And then, you know, they did. Um, Kennedy Brooks on the, on the next one, he goes one yard. Kansas starts using timeouts. And then Caleb Williams comes up with a big play, 23 yards for a first down runs the football, keeps it in bounds, and then Caleb Williams goes seven yards again, and then you get Kennedy Brooks for seven, Kennedy Brooks for three, Kennedy Brooks for four, Kennedy Brooks for four, and the TD to make it 35-20 to 23. And then, you know, Kansas is looking like they're going to try and drive again, but they're unable to. They don't have enough time. They're already down 12. It's just not going to come up. And one thing I failed to mention is the the stop on the two-point conversion try when um, – Kansas got it to 28-23. They go for two. The defense did come up with a big play. That was a huge play in the game. Uh, Kansas tried to run it into round. It did not work at all. And Oklahoma was all over it. They got great penetration from the defensive front. And uh, they were all over the play. And Kansas was not able to convert, um, which made the game much more difficult for them because Instead of needing a field goal to tie, they were going to need a touchdown to take the lead. And Oklahoma was not going to allow that. Some of the other issues that kind of came from this game um, after we talked to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you are missing out. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, 100% covered in chocolate. It tastes great and it's great for you. They've got so many great flavors like salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, mint brownie and they're always coming out with great specialty flavors as well at one point in time a few months back they had coconut brownie chunk and then followed that up with cookie dough chunk right now the big deal is a blueberry muffin and it's fantastic if you like chocolate and blueberries together this is a great protein bar for you low calorie low sugar low carb but very high in protein you can get 17 or 18 grams of protein in those protein bars. And some of the specialty flavors might have like 15 grams of protein, but still quite a bit of protein. I love Built Bar, been eating it now for more than a year and it tastes great. I think if you try it, you'll love it too. So make sure you go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order at built.com. And again, thanks, make, thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Also, make sure you check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast hosted by our guy, Josh Neighbors. It's all of the Big 12 news you need in less than 30 minutes with our expert, Josh Neighbors. It's free and available on all platforms. And we'll continue to talk about this win. We'll, we'll dig into what some of the comments were by the coaches in our next episode tomorrow. But got to talk about the coaching staff a little bit in this game. Um, you know, Josh, uh, sorry, John Hoover from all Sooners at SI, uh, had a really good, great piece. Uh, I think it was yesterday about how Oklahoma prepared for this game and likened it to the way that Nick Saban prepares for every game, every year, for as long as he's been head coach. And that is the same way. Like he, he prepares the same way. Like every week is the same and that might get monotonous. That might be you know, too ritualistic or too, I don't know, locked in of an approach and not, there's not enough grace, but you can't fault the guy's kind of preparation. You can't fault his process because he's been so successful with it. 
And I think, you know, yes, the Sooners have played a lot of football games in the last, you know, this season. They haven't had a break. They haven't had a bye week yet. Yes, they're a little bit banged up. Yes, they're a little bit injured. At the same time, they haven't necessarily been playing great football all year. You know, the second half of the Texas game was good. For the most part, the TCU game was good, but the defense still allowed 31 points. And so you look at that and you're like, I kind of get where you're coming from, letting your guys have a a day off at the same time. And and it wasn't a mental day off. They still had meetings. They still had, you know, walkthroughs and things like that, but they didn't really have like a full on practice when you're, you probably need to stay locked in for the next, you know, this week against Texas tech. And then you have your bye week where you can actually give your guys some rest, let them get healed up, let them get healthy a little bit, but by kind of laying back and taking the foot off a little bit, it, it definitely, you know, I, I'm not going to say it was the sole cause for what happened, but would it, would they have taken a day off had it been any other team other than Kansas? It's hard to say. And that's a great, that was a great point made by John Hoover. Like if it was Texas, would they have taken a day off? Probably not. Now, also, if it was Texas, would they have been more locked in as they went into game time? Probably. But we've seen this team most of this year have issues in the first half. Against Nebraska, they only scored seven points. It was a 7-3 game against Texas. They'd only scored uh, 18, but they were down 17 points, I think. Or they'd scored 17, they were down 18 points. Um, Against West Virginia, it was a tight game through the first half and into the second half. You know, against Tulane, they had the big second quarter, but it was a 14-14 game after after the first quarter, which we've seen that Tulane team and where they're at now. It's just a team that has not been consistent opening games. And so, so at some point you got to start looking at like, what's the preparation like? And, and Alex Drench has alluded to this a couple of times now that practice has been an issue. Like these guys are not practicing well. And so at some point you got to start wondering, like, is it a character thing? Is it a integrity thing from the players? Like, are they, are they willing to do what it takes to be great? Every single play, every single game, regardless of opponent, because it's the little things, it's the details that go every single snap and play every single snap like it's the most important snap that are going to help propel you to being a great team and being a college football national title contender. And until Oklahoma is willing to do that, until they're willing to pay the price, so to speak, of giving every snap, every practice rep, every game uh, their best, 100%, their focus, their energy, all of it. It's going to be hard to see this team as a a legit national title contender. And I mean, I still think that they've got some talent. Obviously they got to get some guys back. You know, Jalen Redman was back yesterday. They got to get Woody Washington and DJ Graham back because obviously cornerback is a big issue right now. And, you know, I love the upside that Billy Bowman brings, but he needs to be in, in the slot. I love the upside that, you know, Latrell McCutcheon brings. I don't know why he's not getting more snaps, but they got to get these guys playing in the spots that are best suited for them. And we love the athleticism Billy Bowman has. I think this is, he needs to be in the slot. He's, he played good football when he was in the slot earlier in the season. Yeah. He got beat a few times, but everybody gets beat. Putting him on the outside has left him a bit in a bit of a mismatch often. And I mean, they're going to have a tough, a tough task with Texas tech this week. Uh, Eric Enzukama, Ezukanma, he's a great receiver, averages almost 10 yards after the catch per reception. 
I mean, he, he just lit up. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a really good player. And if Oklahoma secondary isn't up to the task this week, it's, it's going to be a long game. It's going to be a struggle for the Sooners. You know, I, I'm, I'm worried about where this team is at mentally. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to find a way to rally because they, they haven't, they didn't put on their best performance last week against Kansas. Yeah. They bounced back and they, and they won the game, but at this point, like winning just isn't enough. Like, you know, I was, I was willing to say that earlier in the season, I was willing to say like, Hey, when's a win. But at some point you have to like, you have to play clean. You have to play clean, consistent football. And you may play close games. You're probably going to play a lot of close games down the stretch when you play Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. But you got to play clean football. There's a lot of mental errors in the first half of that game. Um, I felt like some of the, you know, decisions that they made, like, um, you know, not, you know, not, uh, not running Caleb Williams earlier in the game, not using him on quarterback power, quarterback counter. I think that was an issue. The defense, for some reason, not knowing how to stop the read option all of a sudden, that was a huge issue. A lot of the mental miscues, the offsides, the false starts, the unnecessary roughness, it was just, it was sloppy and undisciplined football. And this team that does have some veteran leadership, and it was some of the veterans that were getting you in trouble with some of these, these penalties, they've got to be better. And if they play anything like they played in the first half against Kansas, against even Texas Tech or Baylor, Iowa State, or Oklahoma State, they're going to get blown out of the water. I mean, that's as plain as I can make it. This team isn't good enough to sleepwalk through a half against the better teams in the conference. And Texas Tech's not one of those, but against you know the other three teams that they're going to be facing to finish the season. They're not going to be able to sleepwalk, even through the Tech game. But against the good teams of the conference, they can't sleepwalk and expect to win. They just can't. And so they need to really find a mental edge and find that chip on their shoulder this week as they get ready to, to close up the season. they got four games left in the Big 12 regular season before the Big 12 championship. And if they hope to get to the Big 12 championship again and defend their title and win their seventh straight, they've got to find a mental edge that's going to push them and propel them to the end of the season. Because right now it's all, it, it's a lot of it's mental. Some of it's talent. Some of it is, you know, a lack of talent in the secondary. Some of it is some of the struggles in the offensive line. But more than any of that, it's mental. And they've got to find an edge. They got to find that grind. They got to be able to grind through the rest of the season, and stay focused, stay locked in, and stay um, just hungry. Really, they got to get hungry. They're just not a hungry team. Maybe they need more built bar in their life. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to continue to break this game down on our Tuesday episode. So make sure you're subscribed. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on all platforms coming soon to YouTube. Still working through some of the process on that. So once we launch that, though, I will let you know. Uh, make sure you go to Locked On Sooners on Twitter. Follow us, Locked On Sooners on Facebook, and check that out as well. Give it a like. And we will be back on Tuesday's show. And until then, Boomer Sooner.